From Fourth, this is So What Do You Do podcast. When someone tells you what they do for work, do you ever secretly think, okay, but what do you actually do? I'm Ellie, and you, my friend, are in the right place. We interview everyday professionals from all positions in all industries. So sit back, relax, and learn where you too can thrive in a nine to five. Today, we are speaking to Stephanie, and Stephanie is an executive assistant to a managing director in the investment banking space. She has had a successful career in the executive executive assistant space for 30 plus years. Stephanie has many interests, but her greatest love is taking care of her children. Being a mom has always been her primary purpose and continues to be. She is also an avid hiker and had the privilege to go to Africa last year to hike Mount Kilimanjaro. Her latest passion is Orange Theory and she adores living in New York City, taking advantage of everything that it has to offer. Today, Stephanie and I talk about her entry into the administrative space, what makes a great executive admin, and why she feels like it's a great job for college graduates. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Well, without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and let Stephanie introduce herself. Hi, everyone. My name is Stephanie Henry. I live in New York City, and I'm an executive assistant. Awesome. Okay, so you are an executive assistant. So that's at our top level. What do you do? You're an executive assistant. So Stephanie, what industries do you serve? What types of professionals do you serve today? Okay, today I work with, I work in the finance industry and I, I service bankers. Awesome. Um, and, and they're high level bankers. Very good. So you're kind of at the top C-suite level professionals that you're, that you're serving. Um, I used to work with in the C-suite. Right now I'm not in the C-suite, but um, because I'm at an investment bank. Okay. So there are lots of different divisions, but I work for the top people in that division. Okay. Awesome. Perfect. So you said right now, so let's hear a little bit about your background. I have a little bit of understanding of kind of your history, but for my audience, if you want to just give an overview of how you got to where you are today, kind of what your, maybe what you studied, what your first job out of college was and how that progressed. Okay. That's perfect question. Yeah. So I, I went to college in the eighties and I went to West Virginia university and I was an English major mm-hmm. and I, I never knew what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to have children one day, but I didn't know how I was going to get from co- just a, stu- a, a, a young woman just out of college. Um, I knew I wanted to work and I knew I was going to live in Washington DC because I had friends there. So I moved there and my parents had a friend who got me a job in retail and I worked in retail for a year and I really didn't like it. And one day somebody came to me and said, listen, there's a recruiter who put young people in administrative assistant jobs. You should just interview with her because it gets your foot in the door Mm -hmm. to in, in my case, um, there are a lot of lobbyists in DC and a lot of organizations, um, in lobbying. So I, um, ended up interviewing for a job as an assistant and went to, uh, a very large trade association in DC and 
I real I landed in this career be, simply because I didn't know what I wanted to do. But when I got there, and I, I have to say too, I could type, and I had great organizational skills. Mm-hmm. So I went into this job, and I loved it. And I, a lot of people back in the 80s, especially young women, started off their careers as administrative assistants. Mm -hmm. You sort of went into one place, learned what you could, and were often offered jobs to move into a management position. So that's how I started. Um, It was 1987, Washington, D.C., and I... um, landed at this trade association and was really good at my job. Wow. Okay. So 83. So that was like 30 plus years ago, right? 87. 87. 87. I'm sorry. 87. And that was 30 plus years ago. And so from that role, did you continue the progression with administer uh, being an administrative assistant? Yes. So I um, was in my job for a year working for a manager, and I was offered a promotion working for a director. And after a year in that position, I was offered the opportunity to interview as the executive assistant to the president of the entire association. At the time, there were about 350 employees there. I think there were six or seven different departments. And they um, represented uh, they represented the chemical industry, so it okay. was a huge a huge industry and lots of lobbying lobbying opportunities in D.C. And back then, I was truly the gatekeeper to the president of this association. So wow. I dealt with all of the top level um, the CEOs of various chemical companies on a daily basis. Wow. Okay. So that's kind of your initial jump in. I know you said today you work more for this investment banking firm and kind of the top level executives there. Um, But it sounds like, you know, you were obviously in this other industry, which was a chemical industry. What other industries have you served? Okay. This is the beautiful thing about being an executive assistant you, if you're really good at this job, you can work in absolutely any industry. (laughs) So I started off in DC, which is political and um, uh, there's a huge lobbying influence. And I then moved to LA with my, he was my boyfriend then, and I ended up marrying him. Mm -hmm. But when, when I moved to Los Angeles, I knew I was going out of the political realm. And I was going into show, the show business realm. Mm-hmm. And I, when I, right before I moved to LA, I, I literally set an intention. And the intention was, okay, I'm going to work for a top person in either the film industry, the entertainment industry, or, but I knew I wanted to work with somebody famous. Because if I was going to be out there, I was determined it was going to be for Steven Spielberg or Tom Cruise, personal assistant to him. Yeah. Um, And I set that intention. I went to Los Angeles and I temped for lots of different places until I was offered a job for a former president of the United States. Wow. Yeah. So I got my famous person 
But the reason I got that person was because I had come from Washington, D.C. Right. And people in L.A. did not, a lot of people from Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. So I had the political experience, which led me right into that job. That is so awesome. I love that. It and was, I, and I love that you say with the beautiful thing about being an executive assistant is you can do different industries. You can serve different industries as long as you are great at your job, as long as you're great at assisting your executive. That's right. I love that so much. So I'm kind of on the edge of my seat now listening to this story and hearing that you got to be an assistant to a former president of the United States. That is so cool. And I'm sure many people listening, my audience is thinking, this sounds amazing. I, I'm organized. I like details. You know, I'm really on top of things. This definitely sounds like something that I could pursue. Um, so this leads us to our second phase of the interview, which is really, what do you actually do? And it's uncovering what your job really means and kind of debunking what people may think that it means. And so okay. if you would just walk us through a little bit about either what an average day could look like, or even just break up your day by percentage. So 1987 is a, was a lot different than 2020. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there wasn't the technology then. So it involved back then, it, it was a lot of pencil and paper on the calendar. There weren't computers then. It was typewriters mm -hmm. and, um, you know, always answering the phone. There was not even voicemail. So fast forward to 2020. My day looks like this. I get to the office. Um, I have all of my email on an app on my phone. So usually while I'm getting ready in the morning, I'm reading emails that have come in through the mm -hmm. night. And that sometimes involves, I might, I might have a banker who's traveling and they might say, um, I need you to switch. When you get to the office, I need you to book me on a different flight. Mm -hmm. uh, my meeting was canceled. So I, I sort of go into action right then because when you change flights, you start changing car services. Mm -hmm. Sometimes flights aren't available. So it's all about being on the phone with the travel agency um, and making those changes to make sure that the executive is getting from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't have to do any of that. Right. I'm, I'm their eyes and ears and I handle all of that for them. Um, the other thing, so I also open emails and I see that there are people who want to set up meetings. So I, I often coordinate directly with clients or I work with um, other administ administrative assistants in, within the bank to set up meetings um, mm -hmm. with the executives. If that involves people coming into our building we have to get a list to, sec to security of who's coming, what firm they're with. There's a lot of security in investment banks, especially mm -hmm. in New York. Um, it involves booking a meeting room. It involves uh, making sure there's food there. Um, by the way, I don't touch any food. I basically give direction. Right. I delegate all of this. I tell people what we need, how many people will be there. So that, is, that could be a normal day. 
Okay. Some days it's quiet and, um, you know, I, I do all their expenses. So on the quiet days, I'll pull out the expenses and make sure all of those are submitted in a timely fashion. Awesome. That's sort of the gist of it. I think it's cool because what you're saying is some mornings, you know, you may be getting ready and reading your emails and you notice, oh my gosh, I have to get on the phone with this travel agency and figure this out stat, you know, their flights in X number of hours or whatever. And it's more SOS type of jump right. into action. But to your point, there are some days, right, as we all know, that aren't as, um, SOS or important and urgent. And so, you know, you could do expense reports or emails or whatever that may be. Um, right. How, how many executives do you assist today? Is it just one-on-one or do you have a, a group of people that you serve? Okay. So I serve a managing director uh, who is a banker uh, who's been at the bank for like, he's been there about 20 years. Mm-hmm. And they work in teams in investment banking. So in addition to him, I have a director who is a younger person. And then underneath him, there are about five junior bankers who are just out of college. I really, I don't do anything for them. Well, that's not true. I basically hold their hands and help them understand the workings of the bank. Mm -hmm. They're doing their analysis. They're working bazillion hours, and occasionally they'll come to me and say, um, here are my receipts. Will you do my expense report, which literally takes five minutes for the mm-hmm. younger ones. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. It's usually taxi cabs. And then um, when they start traveling, I sort of guide them and show them how this is going to work because they generally have no idea what business travels like. Right. Yes. And a lot of times, like you said, it might be their first job out of college. They're, they are feeling maybe slightly underwater depending on what they're working on in their projects. And you're there almost as like a moral support and also a guiding light in terms of the logistics for travel and, and such. Exactly. And okay. the, um, but I, I primarily serve the managing director. If, if I'm working on something for the younger ones and he comes up to me and says, I need this, I drop everything. Um, so what would you say is your favorite thing about being an executive assistant? If you could only pick one. I, I love working one-on-one with people and the job is it's, you have, you, you build these relationships with people that are so incredible. And when you work with somebody who treats you as an equal and has a lot of respect for you, mm-hmm. you end up having a lot of respect for them. And it, it's almost, it's almost like a marriage, but mm-hmm. it's in the office. When you have a good fit like that, it is, it's ab- an absolute joy to go into work and help somebody out. Now, you know, I, I think I mentioned in my um, CV that, you know, I took some time off to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. This job is very much a caretaking role. Some people are high maintenance and they result, they require a good bit of hand-holding, mm-hmm. which is no different than being a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. It's, it, it's very, very similar. So my experience started off as an assistant, became a stay-at-home mom, and then I sort of went right back into assistant work mm-hmm. because it made the most sense. Yeah. And, and it's, um, 
you know, my, but my, really my favorite thing is I love the people I work with. I have had jobs where it's not a good fit. Those jobs don't last long because life's too short and it's very easy to walk away, um, you know, and find somebody that is really great to work with. You can be an amazing executive assistant for one person and go to the next job and be a terrible assistant to them Mm -hmm. if the fit isn't right. So And, and you want it, and like that. you said, it's a marriage, so it's probably mutual. You know, you you feel if you're not enjoying it, it's probably mutual. But I think to your point, life is too short, so it's not worth, especially especially in the job, like you said, of being an executive assistant, because you are that person's eyes, ears, hands, feet. You know, every <laughs> you're really exactly. just there to support. So I could see how that would be. It's such a great thing when it's a good fit, but I could definitely see how it's challenging um, when it's not, um, which right. which brings me perfectly to my next question, which what would you say is the hardest, most challenging, or maybe even your least favorite thing about being an executive assistant? Um, it can be, okay, my least favorite thing about it is it can definitely, uh, there are times when it can be pretty boring because mm. you're doing the the same things over and over again. Mm -hmm. So I prefer the um, kind of fast moving, you know, uh, the calendars changing, travel plans are changing. But my least favorite thing really are the things like the expenses and the typical administrative duties that just have to get done. It's paperwork. um, You know, that's, that's actually my least favorite. That comes with every job. Right. So there, there will always be things that are just sort of boring and um, it's like paying bills. Nobody likes paying their bills, but they've right. got to get done. The right. same exact yeah. thing at work. And I would say, I would just echo your comment about saying in every job, no matter what, even if it is your dream job, it is still a job, right? There's going to be things where either it's boring or you just don't like it or, you know, you name it, it's, it's going to happen. And so I think that's like an important distinction because all you're really looking for, and I tell my students this a lot, is you're really just looking for at least definitely right out of college is the good to outweigh the bad, right? And so the farther you progress in your career, you hope more good versus less bad, just continuing down that path, you know, and you may jump into something that you're like, oh gosh, I thought I would love this. And I really, there's more things that I don't like than things that I do. And, and you take note of that and you kind of take that into your next position or your next job. That um, is exactly right. Yes. Yeah. So I love that you say that, you know, they're, they're, they just have to get done, even though, like you said, sometimes it can be boring, but that's with any job for sure. Um, this is so helpful. And I, I know just in my bones, just based on the students that I talk to and hopefully the audience that's listening, this is a job that it doesn't get as much press in terms of they may or may not be recruiting this at a career fair, right? They may not be um, publicizing it across campuses, but what Absolutely I want to, yes. And I, and I think I think this job would fit a lot of students who do have a knack for organization and details and serving people. And like you said, being a caretaker. So to that student who's listening right now, and this leads us to our third segment, how do I get there? If you were a young person 
listening to you now and they want to be where you're at in 10, 15, 20 years, what would be a good next step for them to do today? The, the best thing to do is to find a recruiter. Mm. Um, there are recruiters everywhere. And I didn't even know what a recruiter was, but they're out there and mm -hmm. they place people in these jobs because there's actually a need. You know, a lot of people are saying that the executive assistant is going away. It's not going away. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the other thing I can tell you is if there isn't a recruiter around, go to a large corporate, corporate website and you can go down in the, um, at the very bottom of the page is always information about the company. And there's mm -hmm. usually a small tab. It says careers. Mm -hmm. You click on careers and you can go in there and do a search for executive assistants or administrative work mm -hmm. or entry-level managers. There mm -hmm. are companies looking for this all the time and they right. will snatch they they want young talent right out of college they will yeah. snatch it up awesome well stephanie this has been so helpful and one thing that i i ask all of my interviewees if you don't mind um is do you care if i link your linkedin profile do you have a linkedin that i could that i could I use do. okay i do have a linkedin you're welcome to go to it it's um, stephanie henry Awesome. So I will link that in the show notes. So if you want to go and connect with Stephanie, tell her how much you enjoyed today's oh, episode. <laughs> I would love for you all to support her and connect with her um, and definitely reach out to either myself or to Stephanie if you have any other questions um, about being an executive assistant. So with that, Stephanie, I just want to say thank you again for your time and your expertise. And um, I really hope that someone took something away from our conversation. After our call, Stephanie reached out and wanted to express a life lesson that she wanted to share all of you and didn't get a chance. She said, when starting out in a job, whether you like it or not, give it everything you've got. This is how you build your own brand and people remember the ones with a can-do attitude and never say no philosophy. Never say, I don't know. Instead, say, I will figure that out for you. And lastly, show up 10 or 15 minutes before your start time and always leave 10 to 15 minutes before your quit time. This never goes unnoticed. She mentioned that these pr principles have served her well over the years. Way to go forth, Stephanie. Thanks for listening. If you loved this episode and are inspired by this 9to5er, let us know. Subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Screenshot this episode and tag us on social at fourth underscore LLC. We would love to hear what professionals and industries you want to hear from next. Want more career guidance, discovery, and inspiration? Be sure to visit our website, GoForthLLC.com and browse our career downloads, read our blogs, and get inspired to go forth.